Hello and welcome to Setting the Scene. I'm Ben. I'm Elijah. I'm Michael. And you know what? The third time was the charm. How about that? <laughs> Here we go. All right. Now, Tristan, seriously, for real, where are you? He's vanished. I took his spot. The door was open. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. oh that works for me. Yeah, we watched a movie that he really likes, I think, and he's not here to talk about it. Well, the dark. That's his problem, I guess. Speaking of, what did we watch this week, Elijah? <clears throat> okay, so we watched 2019's The Farewell, um, A24's first ever PG rated film, fun fact. Oh, um, this movie was directed and written by Lulu Wang. It stars Aquafina uh, and Zhao Shujin. And by the way, this is probably a good time to say none of us speak Chinese. So, you know, we're trying our best, but we don't know Mandarin. What'd you say? Not experts in Mandarin at all. No, uh, not even casuals. Um, And it stars Tsai Ma, Diana Lin uh, as the parents of the main character. Who else? Uh, are Are there other names we should mention? It's it's hard to know because a lot of these actors apparently are really famous uh, in the other hemisphere of the planet. And over here in the Western world, we haven't heard of them until this movie. Um, I did recognize the guy who played Aquafina's dad in the movie because um, I've seen him in a couple other kind of minor roles. But that was it for me. Uh, this movie is well regarded. Ben, do you have the uh, I do. ratings? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll start with its lowest rating, which is on IMDb. It's got 7.6 out of 10. Uh, and it pretty much only goes up from there. Uh, Metacritic is 89 uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Got an 87% audience score and 97% on the tomato meter. It is certified fresh. Uh, and then on parent previews, it's got a 4.5 out of 5. Um, it has a, a B plus for profanity and a D for substance use. So um, there you go. You know, <laughs> substance use. Got to watch out for those cigarettes. Yeah, I didn't think either of those things were bad in this movie. <laughs> anyway, I never thought about it being PG, but yeah, I mean that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing like overtly like horrible in this movie. I guess in, no. in regards to something that would cause the movie to be rated more strictly, I guess. No. Yeah, MPAA, they just, they have a ball. Like, uh, they'll rate something PG-13 for thematic elements, or um, my favorite is the Simpsons movie, got a PG-13 for irreverent humor. What's this movie about? Um, this movie's tagline says based on an actual lie that was in the trailer and it's at the beginning of the movie and it's based on Lulu Wong's actual experience. Uh, it, this, the, the whole premise of this movie really did happen in her life. Her grandmother who lived in China, um, still lived in China was diagnosed with cancer, right? It was cancer, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and the family decided not to tell her. Um, they wanted her to be blissfully ignorant of her cancer diagnosis and they staged a wedding uh, from, you know, a couple young, a, a young person in, in the family. They staged his wedding um, as an excuse to get the whole family together for a family reunion to, to see her one last time before she dies. Cause she only has three months or something like that. Um, and the main character, Billy played by Aquafina. Um, really has a hard time with that some of the other characters do too but she especially has a hard time with it she thinks it's wrong to lie to her and she really wants to tell her grandmother nine eye she calls her um she she really wants to tell her grandmother she thinks the family should tell her um but but the family keeps out voting her and saying we don't need to tell her we're we're not going to do that to her um so that's the central tension in the movie all right uh, have any of y'all seen this movie before? First time. All right. So I know I said that he had seen it before. He uh, watched it with his grandmother and, as you can expect, cried a lot. Yeah, Tristan's a movie crier. That he is. And awesome. I'm I'm not, but 
you may be surprised to know that I felt emotions watching this movie. Oh, wow. Quite a movie to watch with your grandma, too. Like, yeah. Goodness. I'd say it uh, kind of reminds me of the time uh, that is completely unrelated. Uh, my siblings and I took uh, our mom to go see Medea's family reunion, um, which, spoilers for that movie, the mom in that movie dies. Um, and we took my mom to go see it for Mother's Day. Nice. We didn't know that the mom died in that movie. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, ge- uh, general impressions of the movie after your first viewing? Loved it. I, uh, I have feelings. I don't know if general impressions is a good way to summate it. Uh, I'm conflicted. Those are my general impressions. Okay. Uh, I would agree with that. I'm, I too am conflicted. So you know what? Let's go ahead and dive into the most controversial thing in this film. The ethics. I mean, it is the... Da, da, da. I, I don't know if it can be controversial if it's it's just the thing. It's the movie. It's the movie. Um, yeah. I think it's the thing that we all disagree on most. I maybe it's difficult because and i was discussing this with them before we uh, got started but when when the movie's premise is uh, a conflict between eastern and western culture it it kind of puts you in a position to where if you have an issue with it that's kind of the point so it's very conflicting in terms of like how you would discuss it so right so there's there's a scene in the movie that i think is really important um, it's actually teased in the trailer um, when she's talking to her uncle, her dad's brother, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Billy's trying to argue her case that they should tell her because um, it's her business. You know, she has a right to know. And her uncle says that's, you know, you, you, your family moved to the West a long time ago because they've lived in America um, most of her life. And her uncle says, that's the difference between the East and the West is over in the West. You guys think a person's life is their own, but over here, we think you belong to something bigger, a family, a society. You know, he, that's kind of what he says. Um, I, that's not an exact quote, but it's pretty close from what I remember. Um, and that was the moment that kind of had me reeling like, whoa. <laughs> so this is just like a whole, this is a, a way people see things in a, in a different world and a different culture that I'm not used to. And, and, that's where a lot of my resistance is coming from. So that kind of made me pause. Yeah, exactly. And that, that idea is something that the main character, uh, Billy, has to really struggle with. And I think that's something that I was struggling with while I was watching the film, is the idea of somebody having a right to know what's going on with themselves versus um, them not really needing to know that information because they're a part of a culture that is focused on the collective rather than the individual and them uh, instead of having that person bear the burden, having the family bear the burden as, as an act of mercy in a way, I, I think is their perception of it. Um, to be completely honest, I, I, I mean, I struggled with that. I still do. Um, I don't think it's really, it, it's hard to fault the movie for that because that's kind of the point, right? The point is to think about these things and to think about how a different culture has that perception and how a different culture might perceive something as traumatic as, as a fatal or as a terminal illness. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's challenging. (laughs) It's definitely challenging and it's kind of impacting uh, the rest of the way I see the film. Um, Aside from that though, there are other issues of ethics that I had, I had points to, I had bones to pick, I'd say. <laughs> so yeah, that's not yeah, the that's only fair. bit. That's fair. Uh, I, I I definitely agree. I mean, like, this is something that is supposed to make you think. Uh, and Elijah, while I appreciate that you were able to have that moment of, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, surrealness, but, like, that moment that, like, kind of caught you with the uncle, that moment didn't do that for me. Like, I, I was still kind of at the point where it's like, I understand that it's like a cultural difference between American and Chinese culture, um, but it, it's just something that I do not and cannot understand. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I'm too American or whatever, but or too in my American ways, my Western culture, whatever. But 
for me, I think what the health of someone is absolutely their business. Um, I think it's important to have your family there. Um, but to blatantly lie to their face, have their doctor lie to their face, have medical records falsified and changed is just wrong. Imagine an well, entire wedding. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, well, is, is, that's kind of part of, uh, and I'm sorry for getting you off, Elijah, but just real quickly, that's the part that I struggled with is it's not just the lie. It is the lengths that they go to, the number of people they involve, the amount of money they spend, and the amount of um, effort they go to, mm -hmm. to not only make this a big lie, but turn uh, this entire uh, wedding into a whole thing. The whole time I felt like, I felt so bad for Aiko. I was like, she didn't sign up for this. <laughs> exactly. It's not her problem. I had the same thought. Um, the thought also occurred to me, those two, How How and Aiko, those two are living out their own separate story here and it's something more like the proposal i think those guys are living out the rom-com trope of the couple that stages that that they're together in this way and then they end up actually getting married or whatever that's i that's my prediction if there was a sequel and i hope there's not there's a whole other film <laughs> yeah because uh, that i would not enjoy that film at all but no, i i did think those guys are living out that rom-com trope that's the farewell cinematic universe Please no. Just I really <laughs> like this movie, but it needs to end after this movie. There's no sequel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> agreed. And um, let me be clear that when it comes to actually making an ethical decision about the issue raised in this movie, I totally agree with you guys. Um, and I'm going to argue that the fact that you guys take issue with what you're taking issue with is not something to be leveled against the movie either. Because the movie is not trying to brainwash you to believe that right. what they did was okay. That's, I, this, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm, I don't think the movie's trying to send that message. Right. This but is a movie that's, that this is what happens in the movie leaves kind of a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, I think probably that's how the writer and director felt about it too. The main character, Billy, is kind of based on her. You know, that's kind of... Uh, Billy fills the niche in this family that um, Lulu Wong filled in her own family. You know, it was her grandmother um, and she apparently didn't feel right about lying to her either. So Billy is kind of a, um, a bit of an autobiographical character. Um, and so through, you know, we watch her, the protagonist in the story, struggle with the ethics of what's going on, the central tension in the story. And we see that she is not OK with it. She's just like us. You know, she's like this. This is not right. We're lying to her in America. This would be illegal. And Billy thinks that's right. And, and we kind of see eye to eye with her on that. Right. And I think that's that's letting us know that this is also where the writer director is coming from. But she made this movie and and chose not to spell out an answer she chose to uh let this movie rest in that ambiguous space between you know what billy wants and what the rest of the family seems to want mm -hmm. um and i think that's one of the things that makes this movie really work because you have to sit in that and wrestle with it yeah it's it, it's a very conflicting thing too. And, and I, I guess it's a good time to kind of open it up to the other aspects of it because um, the, the, the character um, that Aquafina plays, Billy, really does have that confliction there. But there were some other aspects of the family that made it really difficult for me to empathize with their plight, if that makes sense. Like for instance, the, the mother character, um, well, I understood where she was coming from. And from personal experience, I have a mother who is similar to that. The, some of the things that this mother says to her daughter, I just took great, great issue with. And it was very hard to stomach. And um, when, when you have voices, um, or, or one other example before I get to that point, when you have the parents um, not telling her initially at all about the grandmother's situation, fully intending on leaving her behind and denying her the right to see her grandmother one last time. Also playing into the whole, you're not your own thing, but you know, like all of that just makes it really hard. Um, it, it makes it a lot harder for me to empathize with the alternate viewpoint that's being shown in the, in the mm -hmm. film, because not only is the argue, not only is it a tough pill to swallow, but 
they go to these extreme lengths that are really hard to empathize with. And some of the characters, the way they treat their own daughter, are vantage point character, the character that is a conduit through which we see this film, um, at times to me is abhorrent. So it just, it, it, uh, again, like Ben said, it, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth that makes it very, uh, it makes for a very challenging watch. Well, I agree, Mike. I, I felt the same way, like the conversation that she has, uh, that her mother has with Billy when uh, they're talking about crying. She's like, what do you want me to do, cry about it? That conversation was really unhealthy, right? Stuff like that. But listen, I'm here as an apologist for this movie. I'm just trying to I'm trying to convince you guys to give this movie a higher rating at the end of this episode than what you currently want to give it. Because, listen, all these things you're taking issue with in the movie, you're supposed to take issue with the fact that those things are bothering you is a testament to how effective this movie was. Okay, I understand. Uh, It's still like when it's the sum total of the film, it's kind of like you watch a movie and it makes you hate the characters, but the point, and this isn't this film, I'm describing a hypothetical film. It's like you watch a movie where everyone is awful and then they tell you, well, that was the point. Is that a good movie? Or, I mean, because it's hard because it was uncomfortable to watch because everyone was awful. So, well, everyone is awful in this film, but like that, that's my, that's my conflict. Well, a lot of people are awful in this film. Are yeah. Billy and Nine Eye awful? No. Uh, they're my two favorite characters in the movie, and they're not perfect, but they're not awful. No. No. Yeah, and that's why I was I was giving an extreme example, but my my point being, um, the artistic and the directorial intent to me does not fully negate my my issue. Mm-hmm. Just because it was intended for me to be very angry at these characters does not make me fully uh, um, absolve the film of of the ickiness that I, I went through. Which again, I, I get that that was the point that. Yeah. Articulate it in a way that makes sense. Uh, Listen, listen, you can't, you can't watch Lord of the Rings and go, man, I would have enjoyed that so much more if the Dark Lord Sauron was not in it. That would have been such, that would have been so much more fun if there wasn't all that evil. Um, You know, there's that stuff. But in Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien is not trying to say, look at this evil that, I, I mean, he's the bad guy. Like, it's not okay. saying like here's a, a real thing that is so overwhelming that the the quote-unquote good guys just kind of give into it and have to live with it and can't do anything about right this is, they, this is in the this is a the movie rings, they can throw the ring into the volcano like yeah okay listen they can do away with the, the great evil there's and we're not talking about lord of the rings i just always use that as an example for everything because i'm obsessed with lord of the rings <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm, I'm just, the, the point of that was the, there's a point to the movie, right? There are certain themes that the Lord of the Rings wants you to, to wrestle with and think about while you're watching it. And that's why the tension in that story is necessary. And this is exactly the same way. There's necessary tension in the story that's forcing us to wrestle with the thematic issues that are going on. And it's very effective. The fact that you walk, that you finish the movie and still feel a little uneasy. I did too, you guys. It made me uneasy. It was supposed to. You're not supposed to be comfortable with what they did. The main character finishes the movie still not happy, still not comfortable with what they did. I, I really think that's the point. Lulu Wong didn't want to spell that out, but I think it's pretty clear that's what she was going for. I, I get that's what she was going for. It's just, I don't know if that make me like the movie. Yeah, that's that's my issue. It's like I like the movie, but my issue, like the way I feel, is not positive. And I, it's like, obviously, like for an example, if you watch a horror film and it scares you, that was the point. So it's kind of hard to criticize that. And I get that this film, the point was to challenge me, but in, in challenging me, it made me feel very little sympathy for everyone who's trying to make your point. Like. If you're trying to make somebody wrestle with the point and you make everyone who's trying to make the positive perception of that point really hard to relate to, then it's it just not doing a good job of and, making yeah. it something okay. worth wrestling with. But but again, even though because we're from the West, so it's like, I, I don't know. It's yeah. Good. Well, again, like I even though this movie stays in that ambiguous gray area, you can tell where lulu wong wants you to land on this because it's where billy wants to land on this she's the character blatantly obvious 
But okay. I, don't, I don't know if Billy lands where you think she lands at the end. Because I got the sense that she was condoning it. No. You, why did you get that sense? Because she runs to where the lab results are being picked up and is like, we got to change these. We got to change these. That's not what she was doing. What was she doing? She was going to see what the results said. And that's why she and asked the maid the what it said. Next scene, okay, that's are being changed. That wasn't her choice. That's what the family wanted to do. I, I would somewhat disagree with that, but I think it's ambiguous. She finds out that the test results are going and then she runs after them. I don't think there's any indication that she's going because she wants to see them or that she's going in order to protect the family. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the sense that, that was well, doesn't not isn't Nine Eye the one that sent that lady to go get the results? Yes. So it's presumable to believe that she would bring the results back to Nine Eye because uh-huh. she says she didn't go to school. Okay. She can't read them. Well, it's worth noting it it's worth noting that there's a reason Billy never tells Nine Eye what's up. She doesn't want to go against the family. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the central tension, right? But she still never comes to the place where she's comfortable with what they're doing. From I mean, through the entire movie, she thinks this is a lie. Yeah. You know? And it, she condones it, not she accepts it. Yeah. Do what? By by going along with it, by denying what she wants to do, as you say, and by going along with it, that's condoning it. I'm not saying that she agrees with it, that she doesn't feel icky about it, that she's not morally torn. But when you do something like that, you are condoning it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Just, you went along with it. You're, uh, you're going with the, uh, the old, how are you any better than a Nazi argument? I'm not going with that argument. I'm just saying there's a, spe- we don't live in a binary. There's a spectrum of good and bad. And she made the decision and it, it's not good and bad. Don't take it like that. I'm saying in this in this conundrum, in the do I tell her, do I not tell her? She ended up um, falling closer towards I'm not going to tell her for whatever reason. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. She's just as guilty or, you know, no true Scotsman fallacy or anything. But like, yeah, like I would say she condoned it. I, w- I would stand on that. Okay. I think maybe you need to go back and watch the scene where she leaves China again. I saw it like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you can tell, um, you can tell nobody's comfortable with it. You can tell when they're leaving. She, ha- she, she hates, she hates it happen. Right. She hates this. So she, she lets, lets it, happen. it happen. She lets it happen because family, that's what the family okay. decided and to that do. Is condoning it though. Um, yeah, condoning it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, if you... no, maybe that is literally, she is condoning it because she's uh, not doing anything to stop it. Let's okay. Get... Condone. <laughs> Um, are okay, arguably, yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that she did the right thing either. Uh, I just all, what I'm arguing is this is what the movie set out to do, and it did you know, it accomplished what it set out to do. The, the movie doesn't spell out the answer for you, but it gives you everything uh, that Lulu Wong wanted you to have to feel exactly the way you guys felt about what was going on, yes. you know. You, you felt like it was icky, and that's what Lulu Wong wanted. I, I get that, but your premise, and, and uh, forgive me, I'd like to be pedantic. <laughs> Something is to accept and allow, which she did. But the point is... You, Even you, if she didn't agree with it, she did still accept and allow it to happen. Okay. You, you started this argument with, like, she wants you to feel gross about it because the main character didn't agree with it. And I'm like, well, they never unpacked the fact that the main character went along with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, just did. yeah and and i think that's part of the package too she wants you to wrestle with this um fact is we all do things like that what's difficult to me and i think I'm, we're kind of we're workshopping our way towards where where my ultimate issue is <laughs> is the the movie itself it, it it doesn't take a side which is fine it doesn't need to take a side but because it doesn't take a side in this argument, it's hard for me to fully encapsulate the, the point. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I guess the point is just feel real icky about it. This is not a culture that you understand. And this is something you don't agree with. And that's the movie. And like, while it's a, it's a great movie, it is really well acted. We, we can get to that. Really, really well acted. Excellent writing. It, it leaves such an icky taste in my mouth that it, it becomes difficult to 
and I know I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm not going under 60. It's just one of the things where it's hard for me to go so high because it's like, ah. Uh. Um, you know, I would be interested to know how this movie was received in China because it was also released in China under the name Don't Tell Her. <laughs> That's the translation of the Chinese name of this movie. Um, and I would be curious to know if a lot of Chinese folks watched this movie and felt real icky about the American stance or if the movie actually made them question where they were coming from. That's a, that's um, a question, yeah. Because... So uh, I Googled it. Uh, the first article that popped up uh, from Variety, why the farewell flopped in China. Interesting. Okay, let me, let me roll with that for a second while you're okay. skimming it, Ben. Because um, I was going to say... We, we've said many times that this movie doesn't explicitly tell you where Lulu Wong wants you to land on it, but you have more than enough in this movie to know where she's implicitly telling you where she thinks you should land on it. And that may be why it didn't do so well in China. You can see it on Aquafina's face the whole time. Yeah, I, I would agree that she never was happy about it. I, my only point was that she went along with it. Mm hmm. The thing is with with the movie and and i also didn't expect to have such torn feelings because uh at, at the risk of, of sounding like a like a like a follower i guess i don't know what the word is it's so universally loved like i looked at this movie is so universally loved and i was surprised at how like a lot of the time i was just like i don't like this like not the not the movie itself but like again actions in the movie but when your net experience of something is continuously negative, walking away with such a positive feeling, at least for me, becomes difficult. Um, but yeah, like that's interesting that theoretically we, we have one point of reference for this, but theoretically it might not have done so well in China. And um, I, yeah, I do wonder uh, why that is. And if it is because they felt the movie was too critical of their perspective in this matter. Ben, what did you find? Uh, so interesting what this article is saying is um, the, the reason it, it opened so poorly, um, say, let me uh, read this actual quote because I thought it said it really well. Um, um, let's see. Da, da, da. Sorry, I lost the quote. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, yeah, it makes sense that it wouldn't do well for China in that regard, in the regard of the ethics of the movie. Um, well, this looked like it didn't have much to do with the ethics of the movie. Uh, the point that this was getting at was that um, it was trying to um, show a Chinese issue from an American point of view, which I guess kind of gets into the ethics of it. Um, <laughs> but the quote that I'm yeah, looking I think for that's what was, we've been saying. <laughs> uh, the quote that I was looking for uh, was something along the lines of it was too uh, Chinese to be an American point of view and too American to be Chinese. I did see something like that. Yeah, I, I saw that um, she had trouble getting funding for this movie because mm -hmm. people felt that way about it. Yeah, and it, it's not even it's not the language thing. I think it all comes down to the, the culture to me because you have a movie like uh, this is a terrible example, forgive me, but you have a movie like Inglorious Bastards, which is like I think it's fifty to sixty percent in a different language. It had no issue in America. So while it is true that American the, the general American audience can struggle with foreign language films and foreign films in general, I, I don't think the fact that half the movie is in Mandarin Chinese is the issue so to speak. Um, but I don't think Americans, by and large, the, the, the American film populace had an issue with this film at all. They seem to love it uh, by evidence by most of the, the critical acclaim here on, on this side of it. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's difficult, particularly because things like uh, the, like the mother, the way the mother treats the daughter, the way the family was intending to lie to her the whole time about it. Um, and I was, uh, I was talking to Ben while we were watching the, the film. Um, I was very frustrated at Billy's character for going in general. Um, I get why she did. I think it was sprung on her. She felt she had a right to come visit. Um, things were not going well in America for her. But um, a part of me feels like in an alternate universe, 
where they didn't lie to their daughter and they made this argument with her. She might have gone along with this, <laughs> but their yeah, their approach uh, threw it off. And then you have uh, large portions of the film where Billy's just sitting there pouting, understandably not criticizing her, but pouting and just making everything really tense and awkward. But mm-hmm. that's the film. Again, it's hard to criticize the <laughs> yeah. film. The film. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, I'm just my thesis statement when it comes to our feelings about the ethics in this movie is that this movie was definitively effective. It set out to do a certain thing and it accomplished that all do what I would agree. It's effective. Yeah. So the conversations with her mother um, that are not emotionally healthy, Billy doesn't feel good about those. And likewise, we're not supposed to feel good about those, all that good stuff. She doesn't feel good about lying to, to Nai Nai. And likewise, Lulu Wong doesn't want us to feel about good about it either. I think it's also important that there is no explicit answer because she also wants to wrestle with this. She also wants us to wrestle with this East versus West thing. But I do think um, without spelling it out, that is her sort of thesis statement where she's headed is that she doesn't feel good about this. Maybe um, it's also worth noting that her, this, this really did happen. Uh, her Lulu Wong's grandmother is, th- is basically the grandmother in this film and she lived. Um, I was going to say this, this, this is something else that years later. And, and um, she did not find out that her family kept this diagnosis from her until the movie came out. What, what's hard, what's, what's difficult for me, uh, especially with that, that brings me to the, the point of the ending. I, I was expecting the ending to give me um, a, a much clearer picture of how the character felt. And it's not that I wanted the film to make it obvious that Billy did or did not appreciate the big lie. Um, I'm not going to call it the big lie, but, you know, like the big issue uh, going on in the film. It's that the film didn't clarify whatsoever. And even... I was even watching if the clarification is she feels conflicted. I kind of wish I had more of a, like a confirmation of the fact that she felt conflicted, but she leaves. And then the film is silent for the rest of the time. Like this, like she leads to the end of the movie. No more words are said, no more discussion for a film. That's like continuously breaking down the more, the moral ethics and the quandaries within this, the film shuts up and you are left with um, Billy kind of doing the the uh, fighting motion that she was doing with with Nai Nai earlier um the birds flying off which I immediately took to mean oh maybe she had uh, passed away in that moment or maybe there was like there was some symbolism there was a closing of the book and then the director who had every right to do this ends it with Nai Nai is still alive and it's been six years for her personal mother and I was in in such an emotional whiplash I was like what what Mm -hmm. That's how you end the movie. I'm very confused. Like yeah. it was such a abrupt um, ending for me. I don't well, know. It, it turns out that Billy scaring all the birds out of the tree um, was symbolizing the opposite thing. Okay. That her grandmother didn't die. Um, because as Ben and I found from the IMDB trivia, the, those birds getting into the house twice earlier in the movie um, is related to superstitions that a bird getting in the house is an omen of impending death. Um, so the, the final moment with the, with all the birds scattering um, is, is actually the opposite. It's, it's not um, death coming to get her. It's death leaving her alone, so to speak. Which is such a, again, a very strange way to end the film because in American lexicon, which I, I would say, is this an American film? Let's, let's, let's rewind before I make this point. Is this an American film or is this a Chinese film? Or is it a Chinese American film? It's A24. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Assuming um, I'm watching this from a, uh, excuse that sound. I, I'm watching this from a, a Western perspective because the film came out in the West. It was produced by a Western film production company, A24, which is inherently Western. Um, and real quick, uh, Lulu Wong is American. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought this movie would, would qualify as an American film in the same way Midadi would. Uh, which is a, a, a film uh, kind of, uh, I don't know if it's also by 24, but it's a, a film kind of like this, where it's dealing with people who are not from uh, the classical background of Americans in America. But the point being, um, in an American lexicon, the birds flying away to me symbolizes death. 
from what I've seen. Like it, it symbolizes either a loss or an absence or something bad has happened. Is typically that it's typically associated with crows. So yeah, I, I feel like I was just thrown off by that. And again, that that might just be my own ignorance to the concept of the bird coming into the house symbolizing death. And I can understand. We, yeah, that. we I, didn't know that either. I feel like uh, I'm not your question though. Uh, Minari is also an A24 film. Okay, but I feel like I'm not the only person who watched this film and had that. I feel like I'm not the only person who saw that and saw the birds flying away and thought, oh, um, Billy's grandmother passed away, but she kind of lives on through her, something to that effect. And then that happening at the end where it says Nine is still alive, which again, totally, if I was the director of the movie, I'd put that in too. I totally get it. It just, again, it just confused me more than anything. Yeah. And, and why I'm having a hard time fully embracing this film. Also the fact that she found out because of this movie that her entire family had lied to her for six for years. Six years. Well, you know, consider consider what they say in the movie. Um, Nine Eye did the same thing to her family members who went before her. Okay, that you doesn't know? make it right, though. No, I'm I'm not saying it does. I'm saying you know it's I'm saying some of what the movie is saying. Like in yeah. some families, this is just the way things are done. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not I'm not touching that proverbial football that's that's the business of the director in the real life nine eye although i i i'd speculate that i can't imagine that was a fun time mm -hmm. that conversation was a really good time at all um but going back to the film um hey, again and i'm conflicted and this can transfer us to our other points i know we've been kind of harping on this for a while but uh everyone else just like everyone does great the act, mm -hmm. acting particularly nine eye I was so blown away by it. like like you really felt like you were in this family and like you were you were a fly on the wall watching a real fully fleshed out and a fully realized family um in, in a way that like I, I it really reminded me of like family reunions where I hadn't seen anyone in a very long time it is every dynamic is played out really really well um that like I, I have nothing but positive things to say about those dynamics in terms of realism and in terms of like organic chemistry agreed and this film was criminally not nominated for a single oscar yeah it should have gotten something that's ridiculous now aquafina did win some award for acting in this movie yeah uh but she was not nominated for an oscar for this mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. i want to say that. she won either a bafta or a golden globe like yeah. it, it did win other awards but it was not nominated for a single oscar mm -hmm. i want I, I want uh nine eye best supporting actress that woman killed it. Yeah, she did. Um, that, I think uh, she she won something, right? So. Uh, Aquafina won the Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical Comedy. Uh, won Best Motion Picture for or in a, or was nominated for Best Motion Picture in a Foreign Language and the Golden Globes. Um, and it was nominated and won a few other smaller awards that I've never heard of. Okay. Um, uh, uh, we're yeah. talking about the actress that played uh, Nine Eye. Yes. She won the uh, EDA Special Mention Award for Actress Defying Age and Ageism in the Alliance of Women Film Journalists 2020. That's, well, that's a thing I've never heard of. That sounds like a very good and a very noble award. I just wish mm -hmm. there was more mainstream recognition of films like this. I agree. Um, and and I, I do think there are spaces for that to be celebrated within the spaces like with that award, but it is frustrating on a, on a very different note that you have films like this um, just completely ignored in favor of what I like to call Hollywood films about Hollywood people doing Hollywood stuff. Hey, it's seems, like what we watched last week and neither of y'all are here to talk about it. Which seems to be 50 to 80% of every single gosh darn film nominated for an Academy Award, but I don't uh -huh. Yeah, I love the acting in this movie, too. Um, I'm impressed with Aquafina. I've seen her in one thing before, and it was Crazy Rich Asians, which she's very funny in. I heard that was good. I've not seen that. I've been, I enjoyed it. Uh, so I've seen her now in uh, both of those films, and then also I saw her in uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Which I had several mixed feelings about. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, she's good. Um, she's she's really good. Um, Absolutely, I think she's a very talented movie. actress. Yeah, she, um, 
and and I know part of this is the directing. It's not all her, but there were many moments in the film when she had a blank expression, which is the type of thing um, sometimes actors get criticized for. Like, um, oh, what's her name from from Twilight, which has nothing to do with her podcast oh, whatsoever. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Wait, no, it's not Kristen Bell. It's Kristen Stewart. That sorry, Wrong yeah, question. Kristen Stewart. Sorry, um, Kristen Bell. We know that's one of the things she gets criticized for is not showing emotion on her face, you know, like me in the real world. Um, but I just noticed that Aquafina has many scenes where she's not showing emotion, but you feel her emotion, you know, through a combination of her acting and the directing, you feel what she's feeling. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it's really impactful the way she acts. And um, I don't know if the actress Aquafina herself was familiar with Mandarin Chinese, um, but even without speaking a language, you can get a sense of whether or not somebody is comfortable acting in a different language, just through body language. And, and to me, I thought she had sold it flawlessly. I, I obviously I can't comment on whether or not she had an accent in Mandarin, but she, she just seems so seamlessly comfortable being a bilingual person, which I know is not easy. It's not easy to act in one language, let alone well, two. I, I think she sold um, Billy's bilingual um, abilities because I mean, Billy was not fully bilingual. Like she knew some Mandarin, but there were, like she did not know it very well. Which is what I, they I say would, in the. I mean, that's what they say in the film is like she doesn't know it. I, I thought well. that was kind of cultural um, joshing, so to speak. Because I mean, maybe it seemed, aside from a few words, she was completely fluent. Um, um quick note, because I googled it. Um, Aquafina's real name is Nora Lum. And she was born to a Chinese-American father and a Korean-American mother. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that means she grew up speaking Mandarin or not, um, but <laughs> she is Chinese-American in descent. She's Chinese. Right. So, um, I mean, I don't it, know. To me, it, she seemed, I would call it fluent. I know the, the characters in the film uh, at times made fun of her for it. I'll, I will say... Um, just just to share an anecdotal story um i have been from very fluent to kind of sort of fluent in spanish my whole life i am uh, puerto rican heritage and it's just culturally in my family you always just make fun of somebody for forgetting one word that was the kind of sense i got from this was they were just poking fun at her because she would forget a word here and there but to Mm -hmm. me the character was essentially fluent like had no issue getting around by herself that sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, and and I, i don't know i just thought it was really impressive to see um her do that and just her in general in this film like you said like she she sells a very subdued performance without it feeling like okay rest your face and the audience is going to imprint the rest of what they need to imprint on you so really really good job there the writing was really really good um the way uh regardless of my feelings on it the way everybody expressed their opinions i thought was very very realistic uh, particularly characters like the father and the mother. I like watching dysfunctional father-daughter uh, relationships and just, just parental child relationships that are not going well, because you can kind of get a sense, um, not to imply anything about the writer, or uh, I don't know if the director is also the writer. Yeah, but uh, Lulu Wong wrote and directed. Okay. Um, I always get the feeling that if their parents aren't, if they're doing such a good job on the delivery of these lines, someone in their family is dysfunctional or they have some experience with it because there's a way of doing it mm-hmm. that is so particular um uh, not not to get personal but like i've just always felt like like you can kind of tell when somebody's actually dealt with familial dysfunction when somebody is making up what it might be and they're like you never loved me dad and like that sort of thing <laughs> so just the writing just on point with the function and the dysfunction of this family i, I love that great Another criminally underrated aspect of this film, at least looking at the awards it was nominated for, the music. I yep. absolutely love the music in this. Um, from the, I mean, just all of it. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like that's just kind of a common trend with A24 films. The music is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it just, for me, that's what added a lot of emotion to the scenes. Because, like, I don't speak Mandarin, so I don't pick up as well on the, like, tonal inflections of it. So um, having that music that just punches you in the face sometimes is, it helps you, 
it for me it helped me feel that emotion more no I'd, I'd agree with that the the songs particularly towards the end of the film for me uh did a really good job of setting that that picture especially with uh billy's struggle with uh, kind of romanticizing a, chi uh, a childhood where she felt like she belonged that is slowly disappearing while in the states she also feels like she doesn't belong so like mm the last frameworks of the of what feels like home and feels like safety to her is going away and when she sees where there where uh, her child at home used to be um and and the music playing underneath that was just perfect so i also mm -hmm. really like the scene i was at one of the dinners i don't remember exactly where uh where billy starts playing the piano and it just kind of gets louder and louder as the family behind her is uh like arguing or something that is just really well done yeah uh the music was very effective the writing and directing i'm interested to see more from lulu wong um the acting didn't have any problem with it whatsoever it was so good the thematic material very effective pulled off very effectively communicated exactly the things that she wanted you to get out of this movie um i think this movie is fairly close to perfect you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's one of my favorite movies, but like I remember what I watched it yesterday. Um, I remember watching it and thinking, you know, I don't think she's wasted a single second of this film. Um, we we've watched a lot of movies and talked about them on the podcast where we've had to talk about how, hey, did you notice that this movie is two hours and 18 minutes long and 30 minutes of that is a guy throwing up or something like that, you know, where it's like the um they the the makers of this movie lost some effectiveness because they decided to blow a lot of screen time on stuff that wasn't doing anything new for the story um things like that i think this movie wasted zero time i i would say two things i i don't think they wasted time but this felt long for me that this felt like a long film <laughs> what's the running time one hour 40 or something like that they're about 20 to me i i, I kind of struggled with the length a little bit but there's yeah uh, with the exception of some shenanigans at the uh at the party there's not too much you could really cut here i think it's it was a very tight script it was just paced it, it, it reminded me of fox catcher which is another film that both moved like molasses but was paced really really perfectly at the same time <laughs> so now it in terms of the pacing in some ways it was really unconventional too um it's it's a little hard to place exactly where the climax of this movie happens um yeah structurally it's it's kind of difficult to place and yeah. uh, in terms of pacing it it just kind of feels like somebody's standing a little too close to the edge of a cliff the entire time and doesn't really get closer or further away. <laughs> yeah no, i'd describe it yeah, so reacting to the face Ben made at me earlier when I said this movie was almost flawless. Um, I'm not giving it a 100, um, and it's not one of my top 10 or anything like that. Um, but I think this movie is very, very well done, very effective, uh, and I'm a fan. I will absolutely watch this movie again. All right. Well, while we're talking about ratings, I, I think it is time we uh, score this sucker. All right, so who wants to go first? I'll go first. Cool. I'm going to give this movie a 93. Right. And this movie was so good. I, it was, ah, yeah, I, I would recommend this to anybody. All right. Mike? Uh, I've been torn on this for the entire time we were discussing this um, because I think it's a very good movie that um, is hard for me to watch. I don't think I'm going to watch this again but I don't want to discredit the fact that it's a really, really good movie. So I'm, um, I'm going to go with the 77 on this. I think right. it's a lot of merit, but I don't want to give a, I was going to give it a higher score, but a film that I felt icky watching and got mad at and will not watch again, I feel like shouldn't cross the 80 line. So I'm going to go with 77. That's right. That's actually very close to what I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 76. Um, I think IMDb got it right with a 7.6 out of 10. Um, for all the reasons that you said, um, 
I, I think that there are some uh, very good aspects to this movie. And sorry for the pause. I um, messed up the final score. Um, I think there's some really good aspects for this movie. I think it's written well. It's directed well. It uh, is acted well. The music's incredible. But it makes me feel icky. And it just left me mad at it. And I'm like, Mike, I wouldn't watch this again. Um, I know how I feel about this and it's not something that I struggle with, you know, like, and I, I, Elijah, I know that you said that like Lulu Wong doesn't really give you a step-by-step, um, I, I guess like guideline for how she feels, but I, I disagree. I think it's very clear how the movie wants you to feel. Um, like, I, I think it's very clear in saying that, um, like, coming from that Western perspective where the, uh, the person should know. Um, but yeah, um, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, uh, we get a nice round, even score of an 82. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, Tristan was right. He wasn't here for this, but he told us he'd give it an 85. Right. Uh, but I didn't factor his score was... in because he was not here. Right. Yeah, I, I'd say that's... I'm happy with 82. Yeah. I think that's fair. I I didn't want to give it an 80, but in my heart, I wanted the average to be about 80. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm okay with this. With that. All right. Well, uh, next week, um, we're watching another... Uh, a very emotional movie that will just punch you in the face. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Uh, we're, we're watching Twilight next week. Um, complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, but I'm excited. I think it'll be a fun time. Um, y'all, y'all seen Twilight, right? Recently. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, but yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, be sure to check back in next week. Uh, and also follow us on social media. Um, keep up with all the other cool stuff that we do uh, at Vider Media. Uh, we've got new episodes of Set and Skeen every Wednesday, new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night at nine. Who knows? We may even have some other stuff up our sleeves. It's coming soon. Oh. Uh, but yes, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, once again, be sure to check us out next week as we talk about Twilight. But until then, I'm Ben. I'm Elijah. And I'm Michael. And this is Ben. Setting the scheme. Y'all have a great week.